When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hold on. This is making me hungry. I'm going to be right back. (laughs) (laughs) back. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, listener, for bearing with us. Benny just left to go bake a cake. (laughs) 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 Benny... That looks like a one-layer pizza, Benny. That's 22 <laughs> oh. layers short of the excellence. You need to stack 22 it. more. You made it? You you. That's a homemade pizza? Like, that's not like a Red Baron that you put in the oven. No. I. Uh, you like Trader Joe's has some really good pizza dough and pizza sauce. And so it's not totally from scratch, but yeah, I put it together. That's all right. Hey, you've got the experience. I, I rolled the dough. I was a pizza professor. Yeah. Shout out Roundtable. That was your job title at Roundtable was Pizza Professor? Yeah, but he just go around telling what he was the professor. Was it the professor? Oh my god, this is He's from Oregon. I know he's from Oregon. G- yeah. Grayson Grayson Beauchamp or Boucher? Bo- Grayson Bo- Boucher, yeah. Grayson Boucher. Man, if there had been, if you had shown up in an and one mixtape as like the Salem, pizza professor, yeah. as like the antagonist oh, of the professor. Just Spinning the pizza box on my finger. Right. Oh, my goodness. That's the and one spinoff we didn't know we needed. Hey, speaking of vintage basketball, did you see we put out a picture of your high school hoops witness? We are all witnesses ad. I did see that. (laughs) Did you? Yeah. I did see that. I don't know who we were applying to. What what was that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Andre, Andre has my the very grainy, not original image of my high school basketball photo. <laughs> very handy. It's impressive how handy he has that. For those asking, I'm not the one who re- put that on Twitter. <laughs> just, just so everyone knows, I'm not like sitting here on t- on my podcast Twitter account, just waiting to share my high school basketball <laughs> photo from Your Nike 17 ad. years ago. But he he is the one who who photoshopped witness into the uh, no, into the photo. JP is the one who photoshopped witness. When we I were did like, not. It was we were twenty two. <laughs> it's this not was a Nike Photoshop, campaign. Benny. It's it was not an Photoshop, story. but it's an actual campaign. It is yeah. an underdog story. <laughs> yeah. Who did? No, we need we need to give this Twitter user a shout out. It's gonna be so hard to find this though. Oh. Okay, it's I don't know who this person is, but it's at Jim Jeffrey Eleven. I don't know how they Jim they Jeffrey's us. the comedian. No, they follow us for some reason. They don't. I don't think they follow like literally any other Oregon State accounts. Just and us. Just us, and they live in Reston, Virginia. We're, we're all you need, baby. And like I said, we're everywhere. Yeah. Don't don't don't, don't question the out of state presence. Wait, Jim Jeffries eleven. <laughs> Jim Jeffrey. I wait. I know I liked this from my own personal account, so maybe that's a fat, faster way to find it. I'm still. No, it has you know, no likes. It has no likes. It, it has no likes. 
No. I for sure liked it. See, uh, Elon took my like away. Did Elon even... Elon didn't even like it. Elon took it away because of how epic it was. <laughs> <laughs> it for real had... My, my high school basketball Nike campaign has zero likes on Twitter. Uh, on. It has 37 views. So if you got one more, if you got one more, your, your like to view ratio would be what? better but now looking... worse than Wayne Tinkle's... Are... Road record. The last. Are you uh, looking? Three are you look? Are you looking at the tweet right now? Do you have it handy? Can you text Wait, it to Benny? It? Text it to Benny and I in the group chat. Oh, I got it. Just look at my oh, look. look. Look at the oh, look. replies. It has one like. Oh, it has a like. I'm gonna like it from the Belligerent Beefs account. Sorry, Andre. I hijacked it. Maybe I was gonna come back and like this later. Dude. Yeah. Tinkle now one forty and last forty one round games. You could do that and make two point seven million. Also, Andre said Terry Horseman was a hell of a Hoover back in his day. So maybe. And then a very, a very pale. This is a very well lit photo, though, even though it's kind of grainy. No, it's because I like photoshopped it when I was 22 and made it look you, better. You didn't photoshop those muscles into it, though. I added oh. some definition. You just no, you did not. You, you did not add any definition. That's real. I, no, I'm sorry. I, was, I meant the hairline. The, the hairline could potentially be <laughs> it's added. So straight. <laughs> look, look, it's it's straight. so straight. Like, hold on. Let me. It's like LeBron. You got it drawn in for your, your high school photo day. What, look, <laughs> look at the comparison. <laughs> Dude, that mean mug would have had me shook on the court. Dude. You look like you're going to fuck somebody up in that. Did you walk there. around when... everywhere with your legs spread and your arms out like you were going to cross someone over but just never did? Think about how much of a mind fuck that would be if you just kept walking up to everyone like, ah. See, that, that was the move. Everyone was trying to crossover like AI back then. And I was just like, you just you just think the crossover is coming. There, there are people who still have dreams at night waiting for me to cross them over. And I'm still just like, nope. <laughs> I would there be was, your Tyron Lou if, there was, uh, if I played basketball no, with there you. Was, there was no shot clock. What what am I what am I rushing for? There is no shot clock. I don't even know if there is a shot clock in high school basketball. Today. Probably not. There was no. Sh what what am I rushing for? Well, I'm I know I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna cross you over on my time. Crossover, in the, crossover in the, yeah. in the future. I'm yeah. gonna start doing tags and promos at the top of episodes now. No longer sequestered to the bottom when very few people are, if any, are still listening. Oh, that's JP Bertram at JP Bertram on Instagram. At the Trill J on Twitter, that's at the underscore Trill underscore J because he's too Trill to be real. That was him saying, mm-hmm, 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 that it 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 can be stamped with a subtle mm-hmm just mm-hmm just mm-hmm if you concur. We know each other so well. We have our special language. And here. concurring with that sign of community is Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage, aka Benny with the good quaff. I'll leave the rest of your nicknames to the end of the episode Weehage because oh nice. Although it, it might it might fill the rest of the time that we're waiting until our special guest gets here. <laughs> At Benny L nineteen eighty six on your social media channels. Hi Benny. Hi. How are you? It looked like you watched a lot of college baseball this weekend. Not only um, in the things you were celebrating, but you were also talking a lot of shit, and we love <laughs> to see it. <laughs> that is. If you don't have a friend who talks shit about college baseball in February, 
Enter <laughs> Benjamin Lord Sebastian. <laughs> Again, Benny L 1986 on the social media channel. Just coming for everyone. The last thing I saw before we started recording was you just coming for the Big Ten. And it's in my it's in my personal notes to talk about the significance <laughs> of the Beavs 10 run ruling a team from the Big Ten, a, a top shelf team from the Big Ten, at least in branding. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like I'm I'm going to come in hot. The guys are going to be like, yeah, Terry, get him. And then Benny's Twitter feed is just like the Big Ten is a disgrace to the game of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's verbatim what I said. Yeah, well, you know, I, I do have to say, I think the one sport Oregon can go undefeated in is baseball. But that's not because they have a good program. The Big Ten is Oregon, a complete joke. Of a Oregon baseball. will win a Big Ten championship yeah. in baseball. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Good job, Oregon. They were uh, losing. I mean, Nor- Northeastern actually does have a really good team this year, but they were losing to like North Northeastern. Northeastern's not in the Big Ten. No, but there, but there was a Big Ten school that lost to them oh, okay. today. North, <laughs> Northeastern's good though. Northeastern's top twenty-five, and. Uh, if you would have looked at the scores North that I posted East, in that, Northwestern, I yeah. would, you posted like nine scores. I didn't yeah. look at all of them. Because literally every single Big Ten team lost, I, I, except for Indiana. Shout out Aaron Stevens. Shout out Aaron Stevens, our, yeah. our friend, our friend. JP, please play five seconds of This Is Indiana by those two white guys who went to Indiana in 2008. <laughs> Big Ten, who's your daddy? No, really, who's your daddy? Yeah, your school's coming up short. Yeah, they were wearing like candy cane pants. That that song that Stevens showed oh, us back yes. in the day. It was those a guys pre- also the, do like a party anthem. They did. They did. Whatever. In the era of white guys making auto-tune college themes, Themed hip-hop anthems theirs was one of the better ones and that was obviously oh, an era sure. that we paid very close attention to <laughs> <laughs> and of course my name is terry horseman at terry horseman on twitter at timance holstman on instagram.com and we uh, three are the belligerent peeps and this is the belligerent peeps podcast i was i wish i need to say we three more because i like the we way that three sounds. men yeah oh, um we three que- we, question we three beeves. question for you guys what anthem do you think was better, the IU anthem or the I hate your ducks anthem? The IU anthem. I... Wrong. Wrong it... answer. No, it... a better anthem. I hate your. Wasn't it? it? I, I hate, was, I hate it, them. It was I hate. I hate that. Wasn't yeah. it? It wasn't, any, it no, wasn't because, even the right. No. Yeah. It wasn't oh, wait, even the was. right. It wasn't even the right wordplay. I don't think. Anyway, that's not important. We have to talk about this, especially because mm. Benny's about to blow a gasket because oh, of how Jesus. excited he is. EA Sports has made it official. NCAA football. We're in the game, and when we no, say we are we not in, in the game. No, belligerent beefs is in the game. I'm breaking news here. There. <laughs> When you play with the Oregon State Beavers in NCAA Football 25, <laughs> we will be providing the audio. No, you cannot opt out of that. That is part of it. <laughs> <laughs> there, there isn't even a way to turn us down Sorry, in the little settings. Yeah, and, and there's a gl- glitch in the game, too. Well, not really like a glitch, a plan thing, where if you even use your TV remote, not even the game remote, to try and turn it down, it only makes JP louder. <laughs> <laughs> It's called the it's will awesome. you quiet louder function. Will you quiet louder. We're, uh, yeah, it's uh, play by play from the terrace. For, from the terrace. Yeah, it's great. And by the time it's the fourth quarter, we're not even talking about the game anymore because we've already had like nine Coors Lights from the <laughs> terrace, from the great terrace kiosks. 
from Mr. Brown supporting Cascade Baseball, baby. <laughs> we're yeah. just doing we're just doing our duty of supporting youth baseball. So yeah, by you know the first quarter, the and now the play by play is you know very on the dot. You know it's all of us in our respective lanes, not over talking each other, whatever. And then by by you know the third one, it's like Jersey Mike's is fucking good. Fuck you, JP. <laughs> <laughs> And super secret producer Eskinder is just throwing up foam and cups. And- While you're mounting a fourth quarter comeback, it's like, no, play five seconds from this album. That's the name of the album. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to do But EA Sports NCAA football is back, baby. It'll be EA Sports 25. As you know, they always do that with one year ahead of time. (laughs) For this season, I don't know that we've seen an official date drop yet. Rumors Uh, July. Rumors (laughs) July-ish. Mid-July. That's when it always was. That's when it used to be, too. So it would make a bust. Yeah, it used to always be July. So they still got time. They still got time. What I have been told and what I've read in periodicals is that all players are being given the opportunity to buy into being in the game. And by doing so, they each get $600 and a free copy of the game on the console of their choice, which, of course, we were talking about NIL with Nick Daschle. I don't know if that interview is coming before or after this in the pod. Uh, so either you just Teaser. listen to us talk with Nick Daschle or you're about to listen to us talk with Nick Daschle. Either way, NIL is a thing that's happening in college athletics. And so there's some reaction to it that's just like, man, like that's just like fucking peanuts. But honestly, when pre-NIL and like during NIL, when I was like, Thinking about what I wanted NIL to be and the opportunities for it to provide. That's a football. Yeah, pay it like because like this all started when like Ed O'Bannon and other athletes were like, "You can't just use my fucking likeness and profit, you assholes." (laughs) And when it's like collective things, I think six hundred dollars and a free copy of the game is more than fair. And was like the common sense catch-all move that they should have done in like 06. Yeah. Which which wasn't that long ago. Well, they did look uh, at that. Way. Remember that when, when they first were saying they can't make it anymore yeah. after the ruling, they did talk about paying the players, but they couldn't do yeah. it and because they, NIL didn't work out. Like that right. way. And, and so they it was like, we had to pay them after college. Yeah. yeah. So it's if a player does opt in, then the likeness will be spot on as it was. And that player's first name, last name, and info will be there. And if they choose not to... <laughs> I'm guessing a very similar looking player will be there with some innocuous name, like the (laughs) great video game athlete of all time, USC running back number five. (laughs) <laughs> from NCAA 2003-2004-2005, whatever year that game was. <laughs> Remember when Jordan wouldn't even be in video games and he was like yeah. was six, oh. six foot six bald guy named like roster player? Who yeah. Was yeah. Like, they did it with Barry Bonds too. Yeah, Barry, Barry Bonds, Bonds the same way. Barry, yeah. Yeah. I remember I had NBA Live 98 on the, I guess it was N64, and it was, I was so excited having a 3D basketball game, and, and then I fired up and want to go play with the Bulls. It's just like, what? Jordan's not here. Where's Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't market that at 
all no and without social media it's like can you imagine that today if it was just like oh there's this new game lebron's not in it how many kids would just like scream into tiktok and like <laughs> it would it would be less than a minute before lebron's agent would be like hey we got to do something about this like rich rich paul would be addressing eight-year-olds on tiktok that's how serious it would be <laughs> dude there so with with this game ncaa 25 they are doing face scans for all potentially 11,000 football players that will be in the game, which is crazy. And Chris Fowler just came out. Oh, uh, I saw him. Yeah. It's, he said that they're spending days upon days upon days, like long days doing the commentating where he's like, he's like, if Notre Dame kicks a 70, uh, 75 yard field goal, we have commentary for that. If I forget the other examples he gave, but like it was like, the super obscure place. So it's not going to be oh. the same play. So, by there, play there, over so there are still people doing work at ESPN. <laughs> that's that's good to know i hadn't noticed the last few weeks but dude this this game's gonna be so sick i'm so excited for it but i gotta i'm curious though do you guys think this will open the door to, to some of the other old college sports games ncaa march madness turned college basketball mvp baseball which was originally mlb turned college before there was yeah. a call there was a college baseball video game yes Oh, it's so funny. Oregon State. What? MVP baseball? I, I had MVP baseball, but it was MLB. No, but after 05, they went. After 05. Like, we're not doing MLB oh. anymore. We, we can't. So we're going college. And okay. then it was. So that was epic. like right when Oregon 06, State was. 07. Yes. Yeah. And Oregon yeah. State was so oh, no good. Shit. good. Good timing. Mm. Such a fun game. I, I never played that. I can't I believe hope, you I hope never played do. that. I'm I'm sorry. I'm shocked. But if it's so, if you think about it, 11,000 athletes that could all get potentially $600 right. or opt in, which well, it, why would you not opt in to be in a video game? Right. So I would imagine <laughs> like, almost all of them are. You're holding out because for a better offer. To get, that's going to be like when they take their, I'm assuming it'll be like during spring camp is when a lot of this will happen when they're doing their like team photos whatever like they'll just they'll be a similar scanner right there that just like gets like the all of the like the like body shot headshot and then like maybe like a profile a couple profiles and that's all it's going to be for them to for them to need to put you in the game that's yeah. like what they e did in the EA, first yeah ea is going to each school to do face scans at that particular university just like they do in the uh, for madden with the nfl game what they really right. need to do with this which would be incredible is they need to let there be some sort of competition to be the cover athlete exist like that is a not big just topic. the heisman gets yeah. it but like at the end of the season when they're talking about next season like the fans that vote for be, the final four. Yeah, and that, then they that should be its own award. And yeah. it should be, I don't even know if I'd want it to be straight up fan voting. No, no, because then the it fans, would just be the same so schools. Yeah. The, the fans narrow it down or some something happens. They give you like the top 10, the fans narrow it to four, and then, then, then they pick the four. We decide. Yeah. yeah. EA but, Sports, Watch Football 26 will have number 26 Evans and Bernard as its cover athlete. There we go. <laughs> but, like, they, but it should be something, not just the award, but like they shouldn't, and they should put, Give them like I don't know six a six figure deal. Oh, for being on the yeah, cover, of course. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's a pay I don't, I maybe they that. will do something like that. I don't know, but you, they, you I feel know like they should. That would be do? a great driver. 
<laughs> for, and motivator for players. I think they're going to do it by school. I think they're going to have 126 or whatever, however many schools they have in it, different covers. And then you get to pick whatever school that you choose as your favorite will be the cover of Madden. I, I bet that's see that. They did that in the NFL one year and Seahawks fans were really upset because they're, for 31 other teams, it was a player on that team. And for the Seahawks, it was just a drunk ass in a Seahawks number 12 fans jersey. <laughs> That's what they get for making a jersey about the fans. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That remains to all the Seahawks fans who are listening. One, thank you for listening to the Belligerent Beast podcast. We are glad you're here, but also retiring number 12 for the fan the dumbest thing that's ever been done <laughs> number 12 is an actual number that people wear in football <laughs> it's absurd anyway we need to do the reagan beer segment we've, oh been my God. we've been hanging out for almost two hours on zoom i know not all two hours will be in the episode but this is this is the Official transition to the Reagan beer segment, JP, if that's any help in the yeah. editorial process that will be taking place sure. on Monday. So Reagan beers, unfortunately, missed another two games due to her broken nose. But that doesn't mean that the Reagan beer segment takes a week off. There are no weeks off, except for that one time where we did forget to do it. I can't remember what episode it was, um, but we we were partaking in in festivities. So it's not like we didn't do it. We just didn't announce that we were doing it. Anyway, the Reagan Beer segment, if you are new to the show, is where we share what we are celebrating with on this episode of the Belligerent Beers podcast. Every week in Beaver Nation is a celebration, as you should know. And we abide by that on this show. And then we have a little toast at the end of it. So, uh, JP, why don't we oh, start good. with you? I the almost Reagan drank beer. mine and, and showed oh, it off. Oh, I know. Oh. It bad. After waiting <laughs> I, all this time. <laughs> After after waiting several hours for it. <laughs> yeah. Not that it's anything crazy, but we ordered these. And we just got them this week. And it's from Humble Sea Brewing, which is in the Bay Area. It's actually in, nice. uh, I believe, Ooh. Santa Cruz. And then they also have a tap room in Pacifica, California. Word. And this one is called Riptide Rager. And it's TDH. West Coast IPA. TDH. I don't even know. I don't know what TDH stands for. It could be a drug. I have no idea. Al almost my almost my initials. T it is Terror Bear initials. Horse. Terror Bear Horseman. No. <laughs> TD. It's a ter oh, damn it. Ooh, this is a good tear segue into mine. Right. Well, now now a, a brewery should make a Terror Bear Horseman IPA. You have been given a strict assignment. Every brewer who listens to this podcast. <laughs> you have no choice. Touchdown home team. Touchdown. No. Homer. Simpson. Houston. <laughs> Touchdown, Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so that's all I got. It, Riptide Rager, it's alliterative. I like that uh, can. It looks like it's hot. As, as yeah, I'm looking in a, in a reverse view. How is the beer, though? It's great. You tell us how it is. It's great. It's like mm -hmm. more than you had. You rated a beer 4.4 out of 5, which, listener, if you're new, JP is a, a stickler. When it comes to beer grades, you can follow all of his grades on the Untapped. But I am, app. I am nice. I don't get nice. like below a three point seven. But above a four, uh, what would you say your highest one was? A oh my 6? god! I missed my two thousandth check in. Oh no! One, two, three. Oh, this is perfect. The the my my uh my two thousandth beer I've ever tried. I guess at least that I've had on record was. 
from Assembly Brewing down the street, and it was called Shitstorm 24. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. I feel like that uh, suits my life very well, that I've had 2,000 yeah. beers, unique beers. <laughs> in, in the last two days. <laughs> 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 I give I, I give this one a four point two. It's really good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm trying I to think, think. Your highest. You may have given a four point five once on the show, but recently you gave a four point four. Yeah. What did I give that for? Oh, was like three chronically ill from Great Ocean. Chron- yeah, that was a good. Oh, one. That's what a right. good name. Yeah. Right. And then that's when Betty and I mi- mixed up our <laughs> uh the, the his history of the Beastie Boys, which oh yeah is unforgivable. For for both for both of us, God, we lost so many listeners after that episode. Just no, plummet. we didn't. No, we did not. The listeners are great; they're still here. We love you, listeners. Thanks so much for thank you for bearing with our bullshit. This shitstorm twenty four. Shitstorm twenty four. JP's beers will always describe the show and what's happening or not happening. As often, nothing's happening. Uh, but what's <laughs> happening right now is Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage's entry into the Reagan beers segment. You tease us a little bit. You, Betty often doesn't have anything, but you're you're excited what? today. So what I have is brought to you by Treehouse Th. <laughs> So there you go. That was a segue. Tree, tree house company. Tree. tree. <laughs> I don't. And that's do what I have. Know, do you <laughs> know what segue means? <laughs> You're still well, talking about the same thing. We haven't segged it to any way. It's the same <laughs> shit. I, I walked in on you guys talking about acronyms of Terror Bear Horsemen. <laughs> and this is just TH. Treehouse. Okay. Treehouse. I, I I approve of this. I approve of this. Okay. So these are mushroom <laughs> chocolates. Whoa. Are those, are those the same mushroom chocolates that you accidentally <laughs> let your father-in-law eat way no. too many of? Different brand, but same idea. I, listen, like there are preconceived notions and stereotypes about <laughs> mushrooms, but these are micro dosing me- chocolate bites. Here's a message kids from your uncle Ben. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't listen to the rumors. Yeah. Pick it off the ground. They all taste <laughs> great. Some might make you feel incredible. And if you want to make a special treat, take a little bite of chocolate while you're eating that poisonous mushroom. (laughs) It is excellent. I've been taking one a day for the last week, and I would highly, highly recommend it. Is that a pun intended? (laughs) It wasn't, but it should be. JP, JP, I see your 2,000 beers in two days, and I raise you 2,000 mushrooms in two days. (laughs) But, but they're micro mushrooms. They're they're the, yes. <laughs> Treehouse.com. Tree spelled with one Slash e. merch. So it might be Treyhouse. It could be Treyhouse. I think it's Treyhouse. I'm going there now. Look at this. Do they have a merch uh, store? They might. Hmm. Oh, are you is there? this our new sponsor? I'm there, but they don't have they don't have a um. I have the s- cookies and cream merch. Store. I have so much. JP, please cut out Benny saying just I got the cookies and cream and please use it as a soundbite for the rest of belligerent beef's history. Oh my god. The opening. I have so much fucking fun on this show, you guys. We haven't even talked about sports yet. We talked about fake sports. 
We've talked about we've we we gotta get Will Nick Dashel on. We have to get Nick Dashel on. We have not yet had Nick Dashel on. Wait, what on. are you drinking? Oh, I, th- <laughs> I, th- I, th- I thought you were gonna report your findings on treyhouse.com, a great website that's not quite as good as belligerentbeefs.com or belligerentbeefs.com slash merch. Um, <laughs> my weekly Reagan beers segment remains sponsored by Fair State Brewing in beautiful Minneapolis, Minnesota. If you love their THC drinks. That Benny just showed off right there. Please go on and buy their THC drinks. Chill State, which can be shipped nationwide, though as much as their support support was needed, they've bounced back amazingly in the last few weeks. So no worries. Fair State Brewing is here to stay, but you can still go online and support my favorite brewery ever, like I am doing right now, by drinking a Fair State Brewing Pilsner out of a beautiful tall boy in their finest can. And it's delicious. Nothing but it's the a, best for you. Tear, mm, dare. It's a 6.9 out of 5. Nice. Whoa. 6.9% alcohol, <laughs> 4.20 rating it, out of 5. It might be 6.9% actually. No, it's no, it's less than that. I'm not going to even say it. Benny, how could you not <laughs> How could you not get the churro milk chocolate bar? Me or Benny? Benny. They have Benny. a churro milk? Yes. Um All right. I, that's a good question. I was just All looking right. up. They have gummies too. Okay. All right. It's, they have gummies too. And they have churro milk. We're moving on from this part of the Ooh, conversation. And fruity cereal. Speaking cheers of, to fruity cereal. Oh, yeah. Cheers. We have to cheers. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Get well soon, Reagan. I am going to tease this conversation with Nick Dashel right now. <laughs> Joining us on the podcast. You know him. You love him. He's been covering Oregon State sports longer than you've been alive. Probably. Maybe not. We've got some old head listeners, and we love having you here. From Oregon Live and the Oregonian, OregonLive.com. Support his work. Get a subscription to Oregon Live today. A fellow writer from the Daily Barometer, just like me, a handful of years apart, but cut his teeth that the Daily Barometer has been covering sports in the state of uh, Oregon and in the Pacific. Northwest pretty much ever since then. We are thrilled and honored and obliged to have Nick Dashel on the pod. Let's make some noise for Nick Dashel, everybody. Let's go! Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> hey, Nick. Mr. Nick Dashel, thank you so much for joining us tonight, taking some time away from your Sunday. Pretty packed weekend, Oregon State women's basketball, Oregon State men's basketball, chiming in here and there on Oregon State baseball and stuff. But yeah, thank you so much for taking some time out of the busy weekend to chat with us three uh, knuckleheads about Oregon State. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't ask too much about Oregon State baseball because A, I don't cover them and Joe Freeman does and B, I just don't pay much attention to him because I... I'm too busy with I'm too busy with basketball and football, so I I let Joe handle the baseball. I mean, I know what they're doing, but I don't I don't right. I don't have any great insight on baseball. So just before you hopped on, Benny gave us a great tour of what's going on in Big Ten baseball right now and how not um, good. <laughs> and, and <laughs> how, how Oregon State it's Big it's not Ten looking baseball? great. Big Ten baseball. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we got to have our eyes on enemy territory at all times, Nick. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I don't well, know let, who they're going to schedule ne- next year, but I assume they're going to get some Big Tens and Big 12. So Yeah, that's a good point. They probably will pull a couple of those, at least either at home or I don't know. Do you think I think they'll probably get Oregon at home. 
or at least you know in the state of Oregon. But yeah, maybe they'll have to travel out to the oh, Midwest. Look at, and... look at Washington, Washington State, or Oregon, Portland. But they got to schedule. They got to schedule some SEC. They got they got to schedule enough to make the schedule tough enough to. Yeah, I I think that they'll have they'll have a lot of those preseason tournaments wanting them to show up too. I I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, they'll they'll have a decent enough skill, but they can't do this forever. They can only do it for one or two years. This isn't yeah, a, sure. This isn't a long term. Yeah. This is not a long term solution. <laughs> I think of any of our programs, baseball might be the most pos- well positioned to break off independent if need be. Mm. Yeah, yes, but I wouldn't do it long term. It's just too hard. Yeah, it's too hard to schedule. It's too hard chaos. to schedule. Yeah. Plus, um, fans still want to. They want to be able to. They still want to be able to associate with teams they know. They don't want to. You know, they, they they like certainty and being in a league and things like that. So, but what if we're the Notre Dame of college baseball? Uh, think about this. I'm just I'm just daydreaming right now, Nick. Huge, huge cash cow. The Notre yeah. Dame of college baseball. And we and we, so build, we get so build the like deal. A, so build like a giant home run Jesus out in center field or something. <laughs> yeah. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, right on top of the new hitting facility or whatever they're putting out there. <laughs> we, well, but we strike the deal with apple we're in every household we are then at that point the uh, notre dame football of streaming sports Ooh. something something tells me being the notre dame of baseball doesn't have the cachet of being the notre dame of football <laughs> it just, it just isn't this isn't the same right. just doesn't carry the same weight yeah <laughs> Probably not, but time will tell. And I'll take this opportunity to switch gears from long-term beats that Nick doesn't cover to short-term beats that (laughs) Nick does cover, (laughs) specifically women's basketball. I think we should start with Oregon State women's hoops as they are currently, as we are recording this on Sunday night, February 25th, the number nine ranked team in the nation might be sliding down a couple of spots after a split in Washington. But Nick, you covered the loss today, which included a pretty, probably the worst individual quarter of the Beaver season so far, ending in a 10 point loss to the Huskies on senior day. Uh, in your recap, you did lay out that you no know, Washington is maybe a little bit of an underrated team, given that you know, they've beaten USC, a, a team the Beavers haven't beaten this year. And they have taken Stanford, an absolute giant in women's basketball, to overtime. And there it was their senior day. The Beavs were playing without Reagan beers, of course. But just sort of how do you sort of assess where the team's at right now after this split in Washington with the return of Reagan beers still kind of looming? And it being, you know, an absolute bloodbath to try and get one of those coveted four seeds in the uh, Pac-12 conference tournament. Well, you know, it's not my job to, you know, play team advocate and and not make excuses and things like that. I just, I'm just calling how I see it. I mean, how I see it, and I get that the team has to, you know, play without beers and not make excuses. But this team is completely different without Reagan beers. It, their potential Final Four team with Reagan beers, without Reagan beers, they got to play close to perfect to beat good teams. And I wouldn't. And I, today isn't a good example. Washington's not really a good team. They're they're okay, but but I mean, if they got they want to win some of these games down the stretch, Stanford, you know, some of the Pac-12 tournament teams, the NCAA tournament, they got to beers back, or they got to play perfect to to win because they're just a different team without Reagan beers. They can do so much more things on offense with her in there. If she's in there, I mean, I think today if she plays, that's a fifteen point win because 
Washington has nobody that can really guard. And if they got to spend a bunch of they got to spend a bunch of energy trying to defend beers, the three point shooters are open. Mm-hmm. It's just a different, and and I think they beat USC last week too. Beers to play. It's just it's just a different team. And so so I mean that's the first place you got to analyze is. You know, are we talking about the Oregon State team with Reagan Beers or are we talking about the one without it? Because it's two different teams, really. I think they haven't said this. I have a sense they're going to try to get her in this week. We'll see what happens. I mean, the, the mask thing is she's going to have to wear a mask. Nobody's Nobody said she's going to play, but I think they're going to, you know, my guess is she's getting fitted for a mask. She's going to practice with it, see how it works. And then, you know, we'll see how she plays. You know, some players are fine with it. Some players are bothered. I don't know. You know, it's just, it's just, and I don't know how long it takes to heal a broken nose. I'm, I, I do have a lot of doctors on Twitter. I, I see a lot of people are giving me lots of advice about how, <laughs> you know, broken noses go. And, you know, the, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I just know they hurt. Like, I know they hurt like hell. So yeah. that's Twitter is where I always go for sound medical yeah, advice. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of experts on there. So, and, you know, the message boards too, there's a lot of, there's a lot of experts right. on there too. So, well, and with an injury like that too, it's not only can she play through it, but if she plays with it, can she hurt it any yeah, exactly. worse? Right. Well, so, I think if you put, I think if like, you put a mask on, yeah. I think that's that. But you still, it's still there. You still know about it. Are you going to be as aggressive as you might be, you know, without it? Blah, you know, things like that. So you just don't know. It's an un, it's unknowable until she gets there. My guess is it'll take a little while to get used to it, and she'll be. Fine. And maybe by the NCAA tournament, she won't need to wear it anymore. I don't know. I had Dexter Connell wore one for a few weeks and, and he, you know, he, he's without it. So, hey, Rip Hamilton was, wore one one game and then kept it the rest of his career because it worked right. so well for him. So, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm, I don't think people want to play with it. It's probably easier. I'm sure it's easier to play with that one than with one unless you want to give a certain image or something. But I don't think that's Reagan Beers. So, but yeah, I mean, I mean, right now this week, there's so many there's so many things to figure out in terms of the goal is to get a top four seed and i think if they split these two games they, they'll get they'll be in the top four but there's a lot of tiebreakers that i'm still trying to get answers from the pac-12 on normally it'd be easy to figure out but the problem is is that oregon nobody has played among those teams that are that are in contention none of them have played like opponents like oregon state's played everybody that's they played all the contenders twice stanford hasn't played played colorado utah ucla usc once usc you know obviously didn't has played i don't believe they played i don't think I want to say USC hasn't played Colorado. I don't know. It, there's a lot, but anyway, nobody seems to match up in terms of light numbers of oppo- uh, of games against the same opponents. I'm not sure how the tiebreakers work, but I think if Oregon State splits. They'll be 12 and six. I think somewhere along the line, if they get a, the, the Utah Colorado sweeps, have to come into consideration somewhere. I think that would be enough to give them the top four. But I'll know more tomorrow. But I. I think that's what 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 needs to happen, and I would think they'd beat California at home. So you know, the, I think they're in pretty good shape to get top four, but that that's the goal this week. I, I, the Pac-12 tile thing still mathematically out there, but realistically, there's very little chance Oregon's going to beat Stanford on on Saturday. So right. that one's probably out. And yeah, even if said, and even if Oregon State were were to share the championship with Stanford, I'm not sure tiebreaker wise it would work out. You know. In terms of you know them getting the one seed, but they would you know regular season tiles, regular season tile, you'd still get a share a piece of that. So that's some. 
but uh, mostly just want to get a top four seed. And this year, there are a lot of years where you're trying to position yourself not only to get a top four seed, but maybe not to get that four seed so you don't have to play Stanford until long as possible. But I'm not sure that matters this year because it seems like the top six teams pretty equal. You just want to get in and play one last game. So, so Nick, talking about top four seed, we've talked about on the show how if Oregon State did get a top four seed, there's... A, a fairly good chance that they'll be playing in Oregon up until the final four if they were to make it that far. So I guess well, that, the, I, that, that's you, you mean the NCAA. Yeah, NCAA I was I was right. talking about I was talking about the Pac-12 term, but yeah, the NCAA term. Yeah, there there's a there's a pretty decent chance. I mean, I, I see some models have them playing as a two seed in Albany. Yeah, but I I I believe that the NCAA is not going to they're they're going to find a way to keep Oregon State in 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 the in the Portland region. It's just there's just too much money to. <laughs> and no right. guarantee, you know. I mean, you, you, if you bring Iowa and Oregon State to Portland, that's that's probably going to be three or four sellouts because yeah. they play they play they play for they play all four days. I think there's well, going to be you got to yeah. follow the and money. So, and yeah. and and so Nick, that was that was sort of leading into the question of you. You've been around this team more so than most. You you've gotten you know a sense of the vibe of the electricity around this team in Corvallis. Just curious, what would your expectation or or what what would you assume would be the turnout if the team were to play in in Portland at the Moda Center and and sort of what what could that look like for Beaver Nation? Well, there'll be a lot of people there. I mean, I I mean the women's game is it's getting more popular every year. Um, I mean, it kind of depends on who else is there, but but I think they're going to be they're going to be pretty close to sellouts all, all all four days. Like I said, especially if I was if I was here, it's it's definitely going to be some sellouts wherever Caitlin Clark goes. People follow. Yeah, but I but I think Oregon State would I think Oregon State would do a big number at you know at, at Modus Center. So I'm not saying get your tickets now, but you know you might want to think about it at least. First, they got to get through you know the Corvallis Regional. That's one. You know, it depends right. on what what seed they get in the tournament. I mean, if you get a three seed, you know, at, at worst you'd have to play a six seed to get to get to Portland. But if you get a four seed, then you got to play a five, and those, those are those are pretty tough games. Those four versus fives and three versus six is not easy either. But if you can get a two or a three seed, then you got a better chance of advancing to the Sweet Sixteen and on and on because you're not having to play a five seed who's who's kind of a de facto four seed even so right um, so and i think they're pre- I, I don't know there's going to be another reveal on thursday for the stanford game with the ncaa's thinking my guess is right now there'll be a, a three seed a bunch of teams lost today from what i understand i haven't i haven't looked but i think a bunch of teams lost i know three teams USC above lost. oregon state what's that usc lost. yeah usc yeah i mean this this past week iowa's lost usc's lost stanford's lost nc state is lost and that's just and i don't you know what happened today so so yeah there, a lot of teams have lost so i think they're still in pretty good shape to there'd be a three seed going into thir- going into thursday's reveal so you know if they can you know if, if for some reason they could if they could beat stanford and finish out and then maybe when they when their first at least win their first game at the pac-12 tournament i gotta believe they're at least in the top four and probably the, a three seed in the tournament two a two seed means they probably got to win out I would think they probably need to win these last two and, and maybe, I don't know, and, and probably win the Pac-12 term or at least get to the championship game. Yeah. I would love to see it. But, 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 but a lot of that, but they got to play better than they did today for sure. <laughs> right. No, no question about it. 
I was going to say, if we had a full squad, though, I would like to see another, well, now an experienced Reagan Beers and, and Caitlin Clark with, you know, rematch to last season at the uh, PK 8,000, whatever, five. <laughs> and we bumped into you there, Nick, watching that game. Um, yeah, I, I, I like, I mean, I've only watched Iowa three or four times. But I think Oregon State's got a shot against Iowa. I mean, the rest of Iowa's team is not, they, they've got some holes. I mean, Caitlin Clark can score 50, but, but they got some holes. So, and I didn't have and a I re- time guarding Oregon State. Yeah, especially, I think, Reagan. I mean, and and yeah. you know, if Talia is, you know, on her game like she was last year against them, I think what happened, at least in my mind, was, of course, Reagan kind of jumped on the scene. The game prior, she had like 28 points or whatever. Everyone was excited to see this matchup, this young freshman come in and, like, you know, be a establish yourself as a phenom against one of the game's greats at the time. And I think that, yeah, Iowa probably just was like, we're not letting that narrative ride. So we're clamping her down. She didn't get as many minutes. She didn't look as, uh, I don't know, as in command and control on the court against Iowa. But I would like to see them go up head to head now. I guess on, on that front, considering, you know, this year there's been some injuries, but knock on wood, it's been a lot better luck than we've had in years past, especially years that we either needed to be developmental or years that we needed to be successful with some of our veteran leaders. What ways, though, have you seen this team grown from like last year to this year, for example, especially, you know, given a lot of the younger players had to step up with Talia being injured most of last year. And now this year them gelling and staying fairly healthy. Like what is, what is the biggest difference that you've noticed from the growth from last year, this year compared to other teams that had to struggle through an injury riddle season and then come back. I, to know, I think I dis I disagree about the injuries. They've been beers is the only one they've had this year. I think I'm, I'm trying to remember. Is anybody else, is anybody else even missed a game? I, I don't, I don't know. Anybody's missed a game. That's the thing that, They've been pretty remarkably healthy oh, yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah, this year has been uh, great. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like I mean, usually you miss somebody. Usually you get somebody. Yeah, no. I mean, those those freshman guards have been kind of, have been a pleasant surprise, particularly Hunter. I mean, we knew she was going to be pretty good. I didn't know she was going to step in and be this good. I say this good. I mean, she still has got a lot of room to go, but but I mean, she's defensively has been pretty good, and she and she's handles the ball fairly well and occasionally it turns into a score. So she that's been that's been a pleasant surprise. I, I'd say, you know, to me a gardener, we didn't really see we didn't really see a lot out of her last year because she got a late start and she's been she's been a force, particularly on the boards and shooting threes. That's been a that's been a an upgrade that we didn't see last year. Yeah, you know, defensively they're just miles better than the last two years. They're, they're I mean they're the best probably the best defensive team in the Pac twelve this year. I mean, that's really what Oregon State is. If they can defend and rebound, they're going to win a lot of games. And that's what they're doing. They're 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 defending and they're and they're hitting the boards pretty hard. So those are the two things that have, that have turned them in from the quote unquote you know tenth pick in the in the league <laughs> to a team that can finish you know the top two or three in the league. It's is the defense is a lot better and the and the rebounding has been there. What do you think sure. Hunter's ceiling is? Oh, I mean. Well, it's all con- I mean, she, I would think next year she's got a shot at being an all-conference guard. Yeah, you know, she's got to get. Yeah, you know, she's got to get more confidence in the score. That's that's. But she'll, you know, you know, we saw how you know Sid Weiss played over her career. I mean, that's kind of the 
not similar players, but you know they're kind of on similar paths, and that a lot has been asked out of her as a freshman, and and just like Sid, and and I could see them, you know, being that impactful throughout their career, maybe in different ways, but but yeah, she she could definitely be a multiple year all conference guard. Not a bad comp, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, they're not the they're not the same player, but but right. But, but I can see, but I but I could see the impact being, you know, similar. Right. Well, speaking and, of, and 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 Donovan is. I mean, she's an athlete that they they haven't had. Much, they haven't had many players like her. I mean, if you look at her, you, you go, man, she wanted to be a track athlete. You, you could see, you could see a number of a number of events she could be good at. I mean, I could see her. I don't even know if she's interested in track, but I could see her being like an athlete, something like that. She just, she's just an athlete, and, and that's something where I could stay. They they haven't had somebody of her ilk for a while. And that might we brought up, you know, Sid Weiss and that presence, that athletic presence might be why I think, you know, we haven't heard Scott really be super declarative in any of his language around the team this year. He has said a few things like after the UCLA game, he said that might have been the, the best win that he's ever been a part of. He hasn't quite compared the team to the 2016 Final Four team yet. But obviously, that's kind of the, the discourse in the in the fan base and in, in those who follow like women's college basketball nationally have have been bringing up just bringing thinking of like what you recall from that 2016, 2016 team. Well, if you if you read between the lines, if you read between the lines, he's 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 kind of said that he, he's been saying that there is you know there is a team he doesn't feel like they can't they can't play with and beat in the country. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, he, he's been pretty effusive with his praise on this team. I don't know if he's been out and out. I don't know if people out and out asked him, you know, is this team as good as the 2016 team? But I think that question is going to get asked pretty soon. But I think he's kind of said that, that, that you know, this this team's as good as, as he's had in a while. Right. Do you, with, with a healthy beers in there, do you think this team is as good as the 2016 team? Mm-hmm. I mean, that team got there. I mean, this team would have to prove yeah. that they could get there, but sure, yeah. But I think I think this team has got so many options that opponents are going to have trouble trouble defending all those options if Beers is in there. So they got a shot. I mean, I wouldn't say they're as good until they get there, but then then you can start then you can start comparing them. But so I don't know. I mean, they're close. I mean, they got a shot. I'm not going to say they're our Final Four team, but they they got. They have a shot with beers for sure. I mean that that team also won the Pac-12. That team also won the Pac-12 tournament, won the Pac-12 championship. They beat was that the year they beat? No, it was the year after they beat Stanford down at Stanford. But I mean, that was a pretty good team. Not not Connecticut, not UConn, good, but they're pretty good. It'll be interesting because I, I I don't remember exactly how the Pac-12 fared that year. Obviously, Stanford was good, but the Pac-12 seems so stacked this year that it it seems like they'll probably be a little bit more battle tested as as they go into the NCAA tournament. I mean, you would think so. I mean, shoot, if you yeah. look at the net rankings of the top twenty, has got a ton of, of Pac-12 teams. It, it, I mean, it's the best conference, you know, top to bottom in the league in the in the country. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you know South Carolina is the best team in the country, or you know, or someone else is in a you know second best, but top to bottom they, they are. So, yeah. um, I, would, I mean, I mean, we saw today with Washington. I mean, Washington is beating Oregon State, USC, Darner beat Stanford, and they, you know, and they and they went in the last Friday's game. Had they not won, they would have been the 12 seed right now in the Pac-12. Pac-12. So 
I mean, top to bottom, Crazy. it's it's a great league. It's it's certainly better than the men's league. That's for sure. Yeah, which I'm I'm glad you brought up. Uh, is that, is that, that the segue we were waiting for? <laughs> that was the segue we were waiting for. So obviously, like, got they they got a very rare road win this weekend, and I I, I think it's fair to say that this team has struggled throughout the year and and the last couple of years. How would you assess this team and where do you see the future going? And, and like specifically in that question, do you see this team being able to be sort of rebuilt and and contend under a coach Tinkle? Or or do you think that a, a move should be made and that we may have more success going down that road? You know, I don't think I think people better get used to the idea that Wayne's going to be the coach next year. I don't know how you can, I don't know, you, you can like Wayne, you can't like Wayne, but you can't argue with $8.7 million. That's just going to be too, I you, you, I just don't think in the current environment, you can, you can, you can pay off a coach and then go, go to the state and say, Hey, we need money for this. Cause we're, you know, because of the, our situation and we're, and we're, and we go to other people that, to ask for money and then pay a guy off $9 million. It just, I just don't think he could do that right now. It would, it would, it would just be a bad look. Could it happen? Well, sure. Maybe some donor will step up and do it. I wouldn't do it. I, I think they're getting. I think they're better than. I think they're better than last year. I think they're better. And I've been saying if they can keep this roster together, big if. I mean, I know in today's era, huge if. I mean, we don't know what it's going to take to get Jordan Pope or or Tyler Billado. But if they can keep this roster together, I think we could finish in the top three in the WCC next year. I mean, Gonzaga isn't is is not the Gonzaga we've seen, you know, five years ago. St. Mary's is solid, but they're not spectacular. I think Oregon State, they, they'll have veterans next year. They haven't had that. They haven't had that the last couple of years. So, I mean, I like where the team's going. I mean, there's some things I don't like about this team, but 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 I think in another year, they're going to be pretty good. Um, yeah. The WCC, pretty good. It'll take you a long way. Right. So, right. Um, but, again, <laughs> big if, a big if if you can keep Jordan Pope around. I mean, he, I'm, I'm told he loves Oregon State, but how, is he going to love it if somebody offers him a half a million dollars? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I what don't know they will, but. What about his relationship with Coach Tinkle? Like, does that come into play as well? I mean, is that a potential reason well, it to, has to it has to retain? It has to. From what I understand, they they get, they get along great. Yeah. But again, you know, in this era, it's not even always about the player. It's about who's in the parents' ears and who's in the you know the handlers' ears and things like that. And it's just you know you just don't know who you're dealing with these days. And so it'll be a it'll be an interesting window when the when the portal window opens late later in March where what happens with a couple of Oregon State's key players. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Billado is every bit as impactful as Pope down the road. I mean, I think you get another year in uh, in the weight room with that guy. I mean, skill-wise, he, he's taken a big jump this year. I I mean, I I know I, I think he's I think he's pretty good. So, but again, I I mean, I'm not saying obviously they have some holes this year. I mean, they had way too many blowouts, but you know, they've been competitive in most of their games. It's just been those five and six minute spurts that just have killed them in several games. Otherwise, they they might already beat a 15, 16 wins by now. It's just those those how much of that's important though about finding like a third reliable scorer because it does seem like when those 
those lulls on the offense happen, it's when either Bilodeau or Pope or both of them either are slumping in that moment of the game and on the court or one of them's off the court and one of them's slumping. But it's a combination of if neither of those guys are either on the court or getting it going, then like no one else seems to be doing it. So well, Michael Retai has shown some ability to to be that guy. He got yeah. off to a slow start because of his because of his shin injury. You know, he didn't. He got off the late start this year. He could be that guy. Um, they've got to go. They've got to go out and get another. Po- they have to go out and get another pose. I mean, it's clear that. Casey Abekwe is not somebody you can rely on to play 30 minutes a game. He, 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 you got to have some help there. And I don't know what show Mariel's, you know, long-term features. I, I can't remember if he's still got another year. I don't know if they have to petition for another year. If he's got another year, I can't remember, but they got to get somebody else to go with Abekwe. Cause I mean, look at yesterday, nine fouls between the two guys in 22 minutes. Right. You know, they just have to go out and get somebody else that can that can play inside, and they got to get another. And, and they're going to have the 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 kid from from Southern Idaho sat on Nate Mayhoff. I'm trying to remember. I say his last name. It's been so long since I've thought about him. But he was a guy they were they were really counting on him this year. They thought he was going to be an impact player. So he's a guy that will be there next year. So I mean, just finish the season strong. Maybe maybe. I'm not saying. I mean, Oregon looks vulnerable. I don't know. I mean, could they? Could they win Wednesday? Maybe. I mean, Oregon's down to seven players now. I mean, I don't know. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was close. It was certainly close in Corvallis, and then he finished with Utah and, and Colorado. And man, Utah looks like a totally different team when they don't play in Salt Lake City. So. I mean, what if they won two of their last three? Maybe won their Pac-12 tournament opener. That'd get them to what? That'd get them what? Fifteen wins. I mean, you could sell that, but you got to keep those players around. That's that's the key thing. Doesn't really matter how many wins you can finish the season with. The key thing is keeping this team together. Yeah, yeah. Providing a path that shows them how you're getting back to the tournament. I'd imagine that's what most of these guys. I mean, I, I know a lot of them. If they're if they're interested in the portal or they have people talking behind the scenes money does talk but there's got to be some weight that gets carried if it's like you'll get to the tournament right and so i'm sure if there's no answer for them yeah, here, i don't know i don't know i don't know that telling the team you can get to the tournament and the player getting to the tournament's enough they money i mean they got to get some money they'll, they'll and somehow they got somehow they got to find a way to get pope and billado a few guys <clears throat> I know the one beauty with having foreign players is I don't believe they're eligible for NIL. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> so, oh. so that's wow. So, I know that. Yeah. So that's, American that's, dream. That's, <laughs> that's the beauty. I guess that's the beauty with Michael Retire. You don't have to worry about NIL with, with him. But um, <laughs> wow. So, but no, I don't know. I, it's it's not as, it's not as hopeless as, as some people want. It. I mean, I have to just read my t- Twitter timeline to see the. The Eeyore, the Eeyores out there about you know Wayne Tinkle is the is the worst and he's a bum and everything else and I mean I, I that's what they want to think they can think that I mean I don't know I, I Wayne's as disappointed as anybody I'm sure but uh, well I think the I, rat- I, I can see I can see the progress it, it's maybe not as much as you'd hope but there is progress well there was a, a massive hole after the Elite Eight team that occurred right to dig himself out of and I do agree that there's definitely been progress and. We see some of the talent developing with Pope and Bilodeau and Retai was an exciting get, especially when he first signed and coming from Germany. But I, I mean, I think you're what you touched on at the beginning, Nick, is like people just got to get used to this. And then and I, we've talked about this and like we don't like to call for people to be fired no matter what, like 
our own personal feelings are like that's not it's not in our control it's not something we have a say in either so putting it out out there just feels like it doesn't really do anyone any good um but i think outside of that like just the logistical financial standpoint of there's no possible way that the school would be able to swallow the buyout that's required on the rest of that contract if they did decide to move on and that's why i I, I, it's it's difficult to try to I don't know preach this to people, but you know you maybe just buy in, even if it's not ideal. Like the players are here, the coaches are here, they're the ones who are here, and and maybe just give it a shot. Because I mean, Tinkle's caught lightning in a bottle before, and if he's gonna be here, like you might as well root him and this team on, and like show them why there's at least some fan support, and then maybe that'll help well, drive and, NIL. And the, and the other the other thing that that people I don't know if they forget or don't want to remember or anything. That the Elite Eight team had three senior starters on there: Ethan Thompson, Zach Reichel, and and the uh, Roman Silva. This team, I mean, this team really doesn't have other than Dexter O'Connell doesn't really have any veterans. A lot of these, a lot of these teams have veterans because of the COVID year. There's a lot of teams playing with juniors and seniors out there that Oregon State doesn't have. Next year they'll have that if they can keep this roster together. So, you know, it, there, there's reason to think this could get turned around to some degree. Is it going to get turned around into a 25-win team? Probably not, but it could get turned around into a, a nice, solid 18-21-win to 21 win team next year if they can keep this roster together. That'd be incredible. <clears throat> what, and it's this is a hard thing to diagnose, but what is the deal with this team when they play outside of Corvallis? I believe the updated mark which was in your your lead in the recap of the win against Stanford was 2 and 40 in the last 42 games away from Corvallis. I know progress isn't just something that's shown like in the wins and losses column and there's been a lot of stretches of good time uh, on the floor with some of these young guys and how they've developed as players, but even in the WCC and a different not conference schedule, there's going to be you're going to need at least about, you know, 5 to 10 wins away from Corvallis to have a win-loss record that people will be happy with or that people or that could get you into the NCAA tournament or the NIT and it just <laughs> sort of seems like that like this team plays really well in Gill and then just term, turns into slime on the road and that's been kind of a theme of the Tinkle era and it's like I want to be bought in on Wayne and I'm I can be there at times but then I watch him lose by 40 on the road just obviously they had a nice win at Stanford which was great to see but just kind of like what are your main thoughts on watching this team anytime they have to play outside of Gill well I'd say it goes back to what I was saying earlier they're young and you know teams that aren't very good and young don't tend to win on, don't tend to win much on the road I mean that's kind of you just look throughout college basketball the young teams they don't win on the road the three and 28 i mean that record a two and 40 record also includes that sure horrific yeah. three and 28 team that, that just couldn't get out of its own way yeah. um and then last year it was a lot of freshmen and sophomores so they you know they weren't you know they just weren't ready to win on the road this year you know they've, they've had some uneven performance they've had some really really bad performances on the road but they've also had some games where you know, they could have won at cal they could have won at ucla they were in the arizona state for a while you know last year same thing they had a few games on the road it's just give them another year and yeah it's been bad on the road but it hasn't been i guess you have to look at the performances i guess and 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 see you know 
a lot of it, like I said, a lot of it has to do with youth and whatnot. Plus, those, I mean, the three neutral site games, those were against pretty good teams. Pitt, Baylor, and who's in Nebraska? I think Nebraska's pretty oh, yeah. good this year. Isn't Nebraska yeah. pretty good this year? I can't remember. Yeah. But I don't know. They just, yeah, it's been, it's been, that's, that's been a, something they'll have to get better at. But I think experience will fix some of that. For sure. Um, Nick, but money, so... will, money will fix more of it. <laughs> well, I got I mean, one. I got one real quick, Benny. So, I, I guess Nick, how much time do you got? Because this one, maybe we can. I don't want to go in too much of a, a rabbit hole here, but this one, it, it it goes bigger picture. It's not so much about fixing the road wins. It's not so much about nil, but maybe it's it's something bigger than that. What's happened? What is happening for the last? 30 years to Oregon State men's basketball. And why does it feel like we are one of the few schools that can capture its rich history and build upon it in this day and age? You know, that's, I mean, it's, that's a story I've been meaning to do. And, and I, and I don't really have a lot of great answers for it. So I wanted to ask some, some former players and whatnot what they thought. I mean, if you look at it, the, the basketball facility is pretty good. I mean, and that's where the players live. So I don't think that's an issue. I mean, it, it's a small state to begin with. I'm not sure the Oregon, if they weren't, you know, bringing players in through the portal with NIL and all that, how much better they would be either. I mean, it's it's tough to win in a state this 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 size. It's just to have a population. I mean, let, let's be frank. Gill is a dump. It just is. I mean, who, it's who our wants dump. to sit? <laughs> I mean, look, sitting upstairs, I mean, you pretty much need to be half naked to sit up there. It's so hot. <laughs> it's so hot. It's so hot there. Benny it's, enjoys it's doing that. It's, it's unbelievable how the difference in temperature between the floor <laughs> and the top of Gil Coliseum. It's just, but I don't know what you do with Gil because... Right. If they could build like a nice seven thousand seat arena, I think that'd be great. But the amount of money it would cost, and I'm not sure what you do with Gill because isn't Gill a it's historic a, landmark? Historic, yeah. It's just I know they want to do some things with Gill, but I don't know something's got to be done with that. But by by things, do you mean like major renovations again, or well, they're gonna Scott Scott has talked about doing doing something internally, you know, building some, I guess, freshening it up with some premium seats and things like mm. that that would cost you know a fair amount of money but not what it would cost to build a new arena um the problem is i mean with basketball even if you had a great team the money you make is still not it, it it's not it's not doesn't move the needle that much i, mean, I look the records the, the numbers last year i mean men's and women's basketball combined didn't make as much of the ticket in ticket sales as baseball did and i don't know if it was even if he doubled it it's still not gonna be huge money so i don't know it's just i think the population i think gill tradition the last 30 years just those those three things there yeah it's 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 I don't really have any good answers. Those ones I was going to kind of go out and try to find some answers, I guess. You know, Ralph Miller isn't coming back. And I don't think even if Ralph Miller was around, he could, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what kind of a coach he'd be in this era, but I don't know. So that's, I mean, it's a good question. I, I don't have, I don't have great answers for that one. Because it's a football school, isn't it? Isn't this a football school? <laughs> or a golf school. Even if, football school. Even if, even if Soccer like you school. had a new arena, I don't even know if that solves everything. Because, like you mentioned, Nick, the facilities are where the players spend ninety percent of their time. 
So, I mean, I, I think a, a crown jewel of a stadium would out, it would it wouldn't hurt a recruiting visit, but I don't know how many more players you get access to by having a nice arena on top of a nice facility in a state like Oregon, which we can be frank, is not generating a ton of blue chip talent locally or even regionally. So it's a, I mean, it's I a think tough in, see, I investment think in, to I think, in, I think in 2024, the way to build a robust is the way to build a good basketball program is you got to have a robust NIL program. I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. I mean, these guys are transferring two or three times during their careers. And a lot of them are looking, you know, a lot of them are looking for a payday. So right. it's, it's tough, but, and I, I don't really have, I don't really have any good answers. I mean, how's the university of Washington not be, how, how, how are they not better than, than, than what they are? Yeah. especially with all the that talent is, in seattle too yeah that is an absurd reality in college basketball I mean, they, have a nice, yeah. they have a nice arena they have a nice arena they have a good nil program they're just they they, they have dating for years so yeah, I don't yeah. Know. it's been a while nick I, I, we certainly want to be respectful of of your time here but we would be remiss if we didn't get a quick opinion on sort of what your expectations are for spring ball, things that you may be looking at, spring ball uh, meaning football, things that you're going to be looking for. And then just like very, very early, we're not going to hold you accountable to these opinions, but what <laughs> what sort of your expectations for this coming up yet? Nick, I'm putting this on a shirt, so be very careful with what you say. It'll be still on our website. All right, the Eeyores on Twitter will cling on to it, but we don't speak for them, Nick. Honestly, I have no idea what this team is going to be like, Nick. I, I know Trent's high on it. I have no idea because they have so many new players. I mean, honestly, I don't know how anybody could really think they're going to be 12 and 0 or 0 and 12. I mean, they're not going to be 0 and 12, but they just Hopefully. have. I mean, they they've got Martinez and Gray, and I guess Jermaine Terry. You can call him a starter back on offense. On defense, they've got what Robinson and and, um, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, it's As like starters. Yeah, okay. If you, yeah. Let's just say they. Let's just say. Well, I'll, I'm sure I'm forgetting some. Let's say they have five stars. But what team on earth come when you go to the preseason magazines? You're going, man, five five returning stars. Give me some of that. I mean, <laughs> that's not. That's not. Uh, but yet, but yet, they want us to believe this is going to be a good team, and it might be. But I just don't know until until they get. And this is probably the way it is a lot of schools because of the transfer portal. But so. Nick, yeah, I mean, just I'll, sort of... I'll be obviously I'll be watching. You know, I'll be I'll be watching to see what Hayward does with the defense. You know, what kind of changes he's he's doing there. What what they look like up front defensively. That's going to be a that's a big turnover from last year. Um, you know, quarterback's an easy one. To, obviously, we're looking to see. But again, I mean, I don't know how much you're going to learn during spring ball about a quarterback. I mean, we can see what kind of arm he's got and, you know, what kind of timing he's got receivers, things like that. But, um, but you know, have, I, the, the running back position is stacked. The offensive line, I think, is going to be pretty decent. So I, I think you can at least count on, you know, some productivity on the offensive side. I, I honestly couldn't tell you if this is a six and six or a 10 and two team right now. I just, I, 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 <laughs> I, 
I mean, we don't even know where, where the road games are. We don't even know how the road, how the home and road games stack up in terms of do they have back to backs? You know, right? Um, <laughs> you know, they've never played at Air Force, and that's that game's going to be a bitch. I mean, I mean, nobody likes to play Air Force. Nobody likes to play Air Force because you don't practice for that that kind of offense, and so right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting. It's going to be as interesting a season as we've had in quite a while. Because I, I, like I said, Trent's high on it. And I, I mean, I at this point, I'm going to take him on it for his word. But well, and shoot. and real quick, Nick, just like we've talked about this on the show, Oregon State clearly doesn't have the NIL collective or the funds in the NIL collective that some of those you know big tier schools do do you have any indication on what trent's pitch was or what the coaching staff's pitch was to these players because from a like prospect perspective or a rankings perspective oregon state got a haul in the transfer portal when like schools that have a coach that leaves at the very end of the season typically don't uh, and especially given oregon state sort of unique circumstances that they find themselves in like do you have any idea of how the coaches well were I, I, I don't know if this is a, i don't know if this was a number one pitch but it was it was it was way up there it was the opportunity to get to the cfp and so you know the path is there it's probably it's probably in the, you know if they can they just set up if if the team is good they're set up to get to the cfp if they if it's good enough i just don't know if it's good enough but but the schedule sets up you know if somehow they could beat oregon at home which is a big if oregon's going to be good um in the rest of the games there's no killers on there other than maybe at boise state and i don't know what boise state's going to be exactly like an air force will be a difficult game but there's no you know top 10 teams on the on the schedule and i think that's you know that's the that's the selling point is that you know come here and the problem is if that's what you're selling if that's one of the big things you're selling you better deliver because if you're three and three after six games and a lot of these guys thought they were cfp team you know they could get ugly i I don't know what happens you know but But you know, he sold. He, I'm sure he sold Corvallis, which he loves Corvallis and he believes in it. Sold Oregon State, being a developmental program, which he believes in, and he's correct. So I mean, he's got stuff to sell. It's just this, the uncertainty of everything at Oregon State just makes this makes it hard to know how things are going to turn out. It's, it, but I guess that's that's what's going to make this next year interesting. Is is you know we'll see what happens. I mean, there's not going to there's not going to be dull day down there this year that's for sure <laughs> nick one one kind of follow-up on that and I, I just thought of this as you were talking and i'm i'm not i can't recall exactly where i read it but it was an interview with coach bray and he talked about nil and transfer portal etc and he, he kind of just alluded to not being concerned about it that bringing guys in development or developing them from right from the get-go so that when somebody leaves they're ready to fill in with the next man up and when i re- first read through it i was thinking yes i love that mentality we should always be preparing everybody to be game ready to be getting better not just if their starters are on the verge of starting but then i reread it and part of it to me felt like is he angling 
for like, I started coupling the whole, like, maybe there's a CFP promise in there to these, some of these recruits. And is it, Hey, we'll get you the exposure. We'll get you in the CFP and we'll get you, we'll make sure you get land a bag somewhere. And because of that, not like we'll help you get there, but well, I think, that, what he, I think what he's, I think what he's trying to say is he's, he, he's being realistic in that he knows that if he has good players, USC and Ohio state and Oregon and other schools are coming after him with their, with their. And so what he's saying is, you know, we want to, we want to we want to build our program with freshmen and sophomores build those guys up so they're ready to go when these when these other guys decide to transfer for whatever reason you know money generally the reason being so yeah that's what i mean just being realistic i mean i don't think he wants to lose anybody but is that is that a realistic expectation though of what the next age of college football is going to look like you think where there'll be the haves who buy the talent after it's been developed at other schools that are playing regional college football and then they go play their national college football i mean do we really know what anything's going to look like i mean every year it's it seems we it used to be a five-year cycle, a four-year cycle. Now it's like a six-month cycle. I, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if you're being real, is Oregon State a developmental program that people are, that the big schools are going to come, you know, looking for players? Sure, but I don't know what, you know, but what are the rules a year from now? I don't know what the rules are going to be a year from now or two years from now. What, what's the ACC going to look like? What's, you know, what? Are they going to start paying players a salary? Those sorts of things. Are those schools that pay their their players a salary going to split off and play play at another level? I don't know. I mean, there's just so many things, that, and I mean, I don't love it at all. I don't like it at all. I this this isn't the college football. I I I don't like. I, I mean, I have, I just be honest. I don't I don't really like college football right now. It's it's just it's not what it's not what I just don't believe they they've sort of lost their way on this stuff. It's like it's like they've just just forgot why you go to college to begin with that it's like the the, the the scholarship and all the other stuff that goes with it don't they don't even it doesn't even matter anymore. it's just about how much money a lot of it's like how much money can you make oh, it, it's 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 not it's not the same game that it was 10 or 15 years ago for sure it's i mean it's kind of sad if you ask me i just i mean i'm old i'm old i'm old obviously and i've been around the stuff but I don't know. Is this fun? I don't know. Is it fun? It is right now. I don't know if it will be in five years. I don't know what it's going to look like. And I mean, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll just, I guess we'll find out, but I, I, I don't know how to fix it either. Other than, other than, I, to me, the easy answer seems to be move football away from every, every other sport and make everything else, you know, regional, but that's so football, simple. Though. well, it could, I mean, it could if, if if they all got their heads together, and I don't know. Seems like there there could be two two or three levels of football. If you split every if you split like the top sixty school, schools off and 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 played by similar rules and just football only, not everything else. I don't know. It's I'm I'm not that I'm not smart enough to figure all this stuff out. But it does seem like football is. I mean, you see the coaches they're starting to leave for the nfl and other, like chip kelly and i mean is that going to accelerate i don't know it's we're kind of at a crossroads right now and i'm not sure i'm not sure i'm not sure i'm not sure where we're going with this in a year or two but i guess we'll find out on the question of is this fun uh the <laughs> essence of this podcast has been to have fun with it no matter what and i can tell you that we have had to work way harder than we ever could have imagined <laughs> we thought we were going to have to to make this last realignment business fun at least at least for us yeah i mean that's what I'm this feel- jo- i mean this job is this job has become it's less about the game and more about the stuff off the field and I mean, right i don't know 
I, I mean, I have a lot of business in my background, but I don't, I didn't really envision having to do this much business to, um, <laughs> you know, just to cover a football team. So anyway, that's, that, 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 that's a rant for another day, I guess. Right. Well, spring football will be getting going soon. Spring showcase. This is as good a time of any to plug. We'll be Feb- April 20th uh, in Corvallis to see uh, the new quarterback show off, show off that arm <laughs> to, to go to the spring showcase to not get answers, but to maybe have some fun. And uh... <laughs> so with all the, with all the millions you make up this podcast, you guys yeah. donate this all to NIL, right? That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's Every thought. like that's what we all looked at each other when we're talking about men's basketball. It's just going to take a really rich donor to, uh, who wants to have a great basketball. <laughs> okay, fine, team. I'll do it. All right, <laughs> <laughs> don't twist our arm. Yeah, so that's uh, if if you if you really care about Oregon State athletics, I guess make sure that the Belligerent Beast podcast becomes a billion dollar corporation and buy our merch. Listen to the ads yeah. in our episode and maybe whatever the ads are, go buy stuff from them. And Oregon State men's basketball will win a national championship. And that's how yeah. that works. It's as simple as that, right? Yep. <laughs> Nick, thank you so much for being so kind and generous with your time this evening. Great talking with you. Nick Dashel, OregonLive.com, the Oregonian. It's just at Nick Dashel on Twitter, correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. If you're that if you're listening exactly to this, you've what... probably if you're listening to this, you've probably already found Nick on Twitter. Um, <laughs> and if you have been negative or sad or whatever in Nick's comments, shame on you. Bring Stop. some positivity to, to that little corner. Stop it right now. <laughs> um, read Nick's work and you know support support Nick and support all the media who are busting their ass to cover. Oregon yeah, buy a, buy a subscription to Oregon Live. Buy a subscription to Oregon Live. Come yeah. on. I'm my, a subscriber. My, it's one of my too. first reads every morning. It's my, a, my, it's my, my adult daughter's need a new pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> buy a subscription to Oregon Live. It's only like $10 a month for great it's journalism. Less, it's, it's even less than that when you get when is you it? get the sales. So, yeah, it's, I don't know what it is. I, I, it's, it's, some, it, it's no more than $10. You know, it's somewhere between a dollar and $10. But whatever it is, what, it's, it's no deal. more than yeah yeah so step up and buy exactly step up and buy and that oregon live can be our official sponsor for the mid-episode ad segment jp don't don't shoehorn in some other random company into this part of the episode (laughs) nick thank you again so much and keep up the great work um and we'll catch up with you online and uh definitely have you on the show again thanks nick thanks for coming sure thanks nick Nick. Uh, all right Almost out of almost out of phone here. <laughs> guys talked me down to seven percent here. <laughs> I've got eleven messages. I've got eleven messages. Hopefully since nothing you, urgent. Since I got on. Yeah. Uh, if it's something urgent, so, we'll never forgive ourselves. No, it's not. It's 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 nothing, I'm sure. It's, it's your about, daughter sending you not, the shoes they want. No, no. It's about it's about it's about the one of them's about the pot about our pot that we do tomorrow nice so oh nice i saved the i saved the good stuff for our pod oh <laughs> shrewd so. shrewd move so <laughs> i'm not sure what i'm not sure what that would be i'll have to think about that what is the good stuff um so. <laughs>
All right. Well, I'll see you guys later. I got to go, go, go get my, my, I stopped and got a 23 layer cake from Michael Jordan's on the way home. So I got to, I got to get a little bit of that. There you go. There you go. That you ever had one of those? No, no, no I've heard of them. 23 it's, layer cake. Okay. Yeah. It's awesome. So a 23 All right. layer. See you later. All right. Yeah, Enjoy. Enjoy. Nick. See you. All right. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you to Nick Dashel for joining us on this show. The 23 layer cake, which we did talk about at a different time in the show. This might be making things difficult for JP, <laughs> but Benny is still trying to make a 23 layer cake with a Cookies and cream, chocolate mushrooms, Baja Blast, and Pineapple Express. He needs 19 more ingredients. This is the interactive part of the show. What other ingredients should Benny put in his 23-layer cake, Beaver fam? Me. Should it be at him? Churro milk. Churro milk? Churro or milk, for sure. The juice from Jersey Mike's making things Mike's way, Benny? Ooh. Ooh, that is, mm, that Mike is very mushrooms. <laughs> or are those, or is Jersey Mike's juice and churro milk one in the same? <laughs> Blend them who, together and add it as a layer. Oh, is, who knows? Uh, we were very, thank you so much again, Nick, for joining. That will be our, all of <laughs> our football and basketball discussion for this episode. We're way over time. As as we often are, but we can't get out of this episode without uh, hitting the diamond and hitting the mat, and you know, talk, talking talking some more ball here. We are recording this on Sunday night, February twenty fifth, which does mean that Oregon State baseball has eight games now in the books. Their second series uh, of the year has come to a close. They now are off for a few days. Their first sort of little mini break here since the opening day where they will welcome North Dakota State to Goss on Thursday. It's going to be highs in the mid to high 40s and a little bit of rain. Sounds like Goss weather to me, baby. Certainly not south of the Mason-Dixon line. Certainly not south of the Mason-Dixon line. The North Dakota State bison is how that's pronounced. It's it's a bison, and it's spelled bison, but it's pronounced bison. So bison's before the game. Bison. Or, and you can rewatch the movie Fargo or all five seasons of the show Fargo, as North Dakota State is in Fargo. Mm. Just across I've been, the board. I've, yeah. I've driven through. You've driven through. Fargo's a good town, but we're going to beat their ass <laughs> Thursday through Sunday. <laughs> um, just like, I, I want to start with the Michigan game, actually, in this past tournament. We played Texas Tech, Arkansas, Michigan, and Oklahoma State. I guess it's not really a tournament, but set of four games uh, with the one one loss coming in a very tightly contested game against Arkansas, which we will, of course, talk about. But, and as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, Benny was hating on Big Ten baseball hard. <laughs> <laughs> something i just like want to see i don't want us to ever hold back when we play the big 10 in anything and i know that's made you big 10 people could look at that and dismiss it as loser talk it could be small potatoes and very little consolation but i don't care exactly jp 10 run ruling michigan like <laughs> 10 run ruling another this is a competitive game this is the regular season and you're going up against Michigan, the class of the Big Ten. I get it. It's football money. Like, we fucking know. If you're a hater, you're if you're in, like, minute 183 of a of an Oregon State podcast. If yeah. you want to hate on us. 187, actually. Yeah. Symbolic. 18, Check yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Check check, yeah, that's right. Check yourself like Oregon State hitters ain't checking them swing because they are swinging for the fences and they are connecting biatch. But like <laughs> just to it's to do that against a Big Ten school a Michigan program that they might be down this year. But like that's the that's where Barry Larkin played college baseball. Like Michigan should be good at baseball. That's a school we, at Michigan football games. They have James Earl Jones's voice come over the speakers and say, we are the greatest university in the world. It's the one thing I don't like that James Earl Jones does. So <laughs> it's not like they're he, just like he went we to Michigan. He did, unfortunately. Oh, I didn't know that. He went to Michigan, and he also, you know, he him as Darth Vader was less evil than going to Michigan. <laughs> they're not just like they don't punt on any sports. So beating Michigan eleven to one in this was just really juicy. And of course, you know, I, we we knew that this team was going to have bats for days, and that has shown up so far in these eight games. We knew the pitching was going to be good, but I think the question is just how good. Like that's kind of the X factor of if you can dream about Omaha already here in the doldrums of February. And I think you can. And a big part of that is has been the performance of Jacob Kamatz in his two starts so far this season, even though we haven't seen him like super extended, but striking out a career high 10 dude in that game some against of those, Michigan. Some of those and they were, were nasty. Oh, my that's so my, nasty. That's my biggest takeaway is we saw Kamatz at <laughs> The broadcasters on Flow Baseball. Benny, I think you know more about Flow Baseball than I know about Fubo TV, which means you could teach a college <laughs> course on it at this point. Uh, Dude, the first, the first, at one point, halfway through the highlights, I just heard like, well, you know, it makes sense that his last name starts with a K. And it's like, how long have you been sitting <laughs> on that nugget, Flow Baseball? <laughs> they, but 10 Ks, all... I, I think that's the biggest exclamation mark from a weekend with many exclamation marks. Yeah. Well, and Aiden May looked incredible. Also, for those of you that watched the Arkansas game, Aiden May does seem to be okay. It was just tightness in the shoulder. So we're good there. He looked incredible. Matt's looked inc incredible. Who the heck did we have pitching today? I forget, Se but Segura, Segura, Segura. That's right. He Tom, looked incredible. Tom Segura. Tom. Pitches yeah. for Oregon State baseball. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Eric Segura. I'm sure you get that all the time. We will <laughs> probably make that reference again on the show, but we will apologize for it. <laughs> he looked incredible. He gave up an early run to Oklahoma State and then shut him down the rest of the way. But look, like Kamats got Michigan down. Michigan had four hits. They got the one run. And then it was all beefs. And this Michigan team, they gave Arkansas a run for their money. They had the time run on second, right? And so is it a team that we're going to see in Omaha? Probably not. But they're not bad. And we mercy ruled them, which is crazy. Like, And the bats, it's incredible. Like watching this team, you can really see how if they continue playing the way that they do, they can really steamroll through the Pac-12. It is it is a baseball team that is a well-oiled machine in February. It's scary. But yeah, I mean, like it, it was a dominant performance across the board. And this was a game where you know, Bazana went one for four. Caraway went one for four. You know, some of the guys that you really, really rely on didn't. I mean, it was a good game, but like for their standards, not a great game. And you still dominated. So really impressed by the win against Michigan for sure. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say like all weekend long, I think 
there was the concern of reality setting in in a way like we're not just you know down and getting juiced up about baseball playing in surprise this is like kind of real deal tournament play we've got some old foes we're facing off against we got some old teammates we're facing off against with Dernetti at Michigan like there's mm-hmm. there was a lot of storylines there was a lot more to execute on for these to get these victories like clearly and I was curious to see like who would fall with the production, you know, just kind of come back to earth a little bit. Who's who's going to bounce back. And honestly, like there wasn't a whole lot of movement. I think the only one that I saw that was a, a nice to see was get, seeing Guerra get back, get his swing back in a little yeah. in a, a few ways. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully he continues to find that stroke. And but yeah, he's bounced back. He was hitting like what sub two hundred after surprise before they headed out to Arlington. Now he's sitting at three hundred. I think he's still be great to see the total base is slugging, et cetera, kind of climb up for him. But look, like if he can, if he can just put the ball in play and get on base, that's that's enough. The other ones, though, of course, like Travis Pisana, man. Like I, dude, at what point? At what point do you already crown this dude like the? first overall likely first overall pick in MLB draft I mean honestly like is it too soon because I would I will plant my flag there right now it is the 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 level that he has already reached to me is insane it is insane because his trajectory was going this way but most people don't really follow that especially after their if they have a hot freshman season they got their sophomore slump if they had a low freshman season they're not even on anyone's radar anyways and then they come out firing sophomore year and they have a junior slump. Nothing has stood in the way for Travis Bazzana. Dude, Baz is like on his way to maybe have one of the greatest years in Oregon State baseball history. Through eight games, he leads the team in hits, and more than half of those hits are extra base hits. Yeah, dude, he so he was his first at bat, which was the first at bat for the Beavs was a ground out but he hit the ball it had to have had an exit below of like 110 or higher it in, was in hit the, so in the hard. okay in the okay in the, state game in the yeah in the game against Holy. oklahoma state today and it but it was hit right he, to the second baseman then he proceeded to go three for three with two home runs one of them was launched like it was 20 rows deep in right center. And then the other one had an, a, another one that had an exit velo that had to have been through the roof because it was a line drive it, that yeah. just, just cleared the fence. Yeah. We, actually, we, just, today? We, actually just, we actually just got on the ground reporting that confirms that that ball landed in Texarkana. Yeah. Both of, both of his exit <laughs> velocities for his home runs today, they're both 111 miles an hour off the bat. Yeah. But one went like 400 sense. foot or something feet. The other one went like 380. And it That's was just, kinda, it yeah. was launch angle. Yeah, it was, he was incredible. It was, he had back to, or not back to backs. It was Tanner Smith had a home run and then it was Hainline and then Bazana hit a home run after that. But it's just, we've talked about it top to bottom. You, you can't, there's no room to take a breath for an opposing pitcher. And, and listen, like again, Oklahoma state did beat Arkansas and we almost mercy ruled them. You know, ended up being 8-1, but it was 8-1 at the end of the sixth inning. Like, the, it was a dominant performance. And the game against Arkansas, like, look, hats off to Hagen Smith, Arkansas's pitcher. I think it was the first 15 outs that were recorded by Arkansas were all strikeouts. 
and to his credit, like he put the ball where Oregon State couldn't hit. They were just really, really well-placed pitches. And sometimes that's going to happen. Oregon State is not going to have four offensive showings very often. So I'm not worried about that. The pitching from Aiden May was really good. And once Hagen Smith got taken out, Oregon State tied the game in the in the top of the night. So like that that showed that this team has grit. And and it truly was Hagen Smith just having an incredible outing. So I think even though we lost the game, it, it was a huge positive in, in just showing that this team has the ability when things aren't working to find a way to get back into the game. I don't think we've mentioned <clears throat> Micah McDowell or Trent Carraway yet, who are both currently riding eight game hitting streaks to, to, to open the season. We might as well just like start or like to cover baseball this year, just like go through the roster and just go down the names and say what they did. The Arkansas game, though, Benny, like in particular, like, yeah, like I wasn't discouraged by it. I wasn't even really upset by it, knowing that we have 35 to 40, hopefully more games to go this year. What made me sad was why is this the first time that Oregon State and Arkansas baseball have played since the 2018 College World Series finals? Like, that's something that I, like, I know, you know, ESPN has the rights to the College Baseball World Series and they just don't care about the game outside of those two weeks each year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but man, it would have been fun because honestly, like I complete, I'm taking Twitter completely out of this. I don't interact with other fan bases on Twitter because I know that shit sucks. But like, I've met like Arkansas baseball fans, and they're like, they are into it and they are about it. And even like, they had a viral video of this dude after the 2018 final who went went viral. He wrote a country song, oh, just about how sad he was about them losing. Hey. Called the the name of the song is literally one pop up away. JP, please play five seconds. You can find it. We were only one pop up away. Oh, oh, <laughs> shout out to we that hog fan. But like, like it would have just been like, like you can catch lightning in a bottle like that. And I know that like intrigue builds too over time. So like people were interested because it's been six years since 2018 now. Right. Uh, but like that was one of those things. I'm just like, man, they should have like what next time there is opening and like non-conference scheduling between both teams. And I know there's a COVID year that messed everything up, but like, we should put ourselves like Oregon State baseball and Arkansas baseball. We chatted with Nick a little bit about baseball being an independent. That's a series I would love to see continue. Oh my more god! Than yes. Just one game, like I would love it, and I think college baseball fans would too. And if you're ever trying to get to a point where you're trying to make the regular season of college baseball marketable to people who only tune in in late May and early June when you know things at Omaha, like those are the type of of series that you need. But for yeah. sure. One hey, blemish, hey. one blemish on the weekend, but it's a blemish I'm fine with, to be honest. Well, and if if like if people thought or I mean, I guess if you're a broadcast company and you're wondering if those early season games matter, even if they're really good matchups. Uh, number one, Oregon State had an unbelievable showing of of yeah. the Beaver fam there. It, it truly was remarkable. I mean, Arizona was incredible. But Arizona is a pretty quick and easy flight. Shout, this is shouts, in Dallas. Shouts to our guy, Fun Killer Steve, who yeah. is in that part of the country and drove down there and made made a, made a huge social media presence of it. There must have been five thousand fans there, uh, Oregon State fans. That, Arkansas, like Arkansas brought twenty thousand fans for the Oregon State game. So if you Love think it. that this this doesn't matter, like players, obviously they were not involved in the game. 
But I mean, it was like a regional type atmosphere when we played Arkansas. It really was incredible. Yeah. Loved it. And we're killing it. We are killing it. This team is as advertised for sure. And that I'm I'm excited for them to play at Goss now. I saw people today talking about putting a second deck in the outfield in Goss and and Somebody said they know somebody who is in the know of what's going on and that there are already talks of getting some sort of architect to put that together. So wait, 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 cool. hold on. I have heard that there's there's potential plan of wrapping from the right field foul pole to to the um, new facility in center field. Based on what I've they heard, the more scaffolding yeah. around Goss, the better. Scaffolding equals fun. <laughs> they should. It's so hard to get a ticket to those games. It's so hard it, to get it, tickets, even in this the bleachers, dude. It, it's yeah. insane. Yeah. Well, and uh, Dashiell had made a comment about how Oregon State baseball brings in more money than men's and women's basketball. O- Oregon State has to be Com- one of like maybe five schools to, to to have ever done that. Probably. I mean, other than maybe like Cal State Fullerton or, but like yeah, Power Five. On, yeah. yeah, yeah. That'd be interesting. an interesting study. I'd like to see the numbers on because even like like LSU is a school that does incredible for men's and women's hoops of course they, they just won the national championship in women's basketball but i don't i don't know like that would be a school depending on the year where it's just like i've seen their baseball stadium and how big it is and how packed yeah. it gets that like yeah. depending on the year you could see those that, that'd be interesting just to see what the gate compares to yeah. um but yeah more hey more seats at goss will never be a bad thing I got yelled at for writing a barometer article that said about just that. It was my second article ever and got in trouble. So Who yelled at you? Yeah. I'm not going to Pat sh- Casey. Say. <laughs> it, it, it was not Pat, Pat, Pat Casey, but it is a... It, I would never. They, they, are, they, are still, they, are, they are still in the Oregon State Athletic family. And oh, I appreciate the work that they do. I'll, we'll, 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 we appreciate we'll you. Tea. I do appreciate we, this person a yeah. lot, but I got yelled at. And I still, I still think I was right. Yeah, that's shocking. Sports writer doubles down twenty and, years later. More and, at night. We, we, we understand that we all as humans have to grow, and so we're giving them their room for growth. Yeah. So maybe now they've right. come around. And what a great opportunity for nineteen-year-old Terry to provide you this opportunity for you to grow. Because yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I probably could have worded a few things better, but the overarching the overarching theme was like, "What part. the." Fuck, where are all the seats? This is bullshit. <laughs> that is essentially what it was. Yeah. That is essentially what it was. Turn to page D4 for more F bombs. It was. It was basically back-to-back national championships. Why can't we sit in a goddamn stadium and watch this team play? That was a, that was the heart of the piece, and I, I stand by the heart of it. So Yuri asked me today. She's like, "Was baseball?" as hot of a ticket when you were in school as it is now. And it was right. I mean, right after the national championship, there just just weren't that many tickets. So like people didn't get, like people didn't really go to Goss. (laughs) But I don't, I don't remember Oregon state. I mean, people did. I know people did go to Goss, but they they extended down the foul lines permanently at the end end of our time. Right. But in the middle of it, they put those bleachers up. 
that but were... it was but like we had just one back to back but i feel the like there's more there's more like emphasis or like more interest or it's become more of the culture i guess that that's probably a better way of saying it is that think, it's become well, more of like the fabric of oregon state I, but i also thought of this too because i was you know i've been trying to get tickets for a while and for different they're over different years the last few years since i've moved back up here and sometimes i've been successful sometimes i've overpaid clearly like beyond just market rate but what i've what i kept coming back to was god i don't remember being this hard in college to get tickets like this yeah but that was because we didn't have to and you had to always remember <laughs> our, our t- we had our tickets free, free. You, tickets you, you, in a designated area to sit yeah, you literally had to show up at, to a specific <laughs> place at a specific time so i'm sure they might have been as hard we just didn't know because we were getting and right. if you were for and free. if you were benny you cut in line and you got booed for it yeah <laughs> oh yeah worth it worth yeah. it, worth it. Yeah. still worth it i think we need to get out of here yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh gymnastics sorry we didn't get to you enough but we will hey, make nice it to you win. next week. Nice Stay win. It. Nice win against Let's Arizona. Go. We will talk more gymnastics. This is me putting it into the universe, so we'll have to do it and hold ourselves accountable. Yep. Coach Chaplin, you can yell at us. Uh, you, you can are make invited Terry to yell do a at handstand. Us. You can, you can, I, she does not have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. No one. I, I, I might. <laughs> um, but thank you again I to might. our guest. I have, to, I have time, but. Uh, thank you again to our guest, Nick Dashel. Thank you again to Fair State Brewing for sponsoring my section of the podcast. Thank you again to the name of the brewery that makes Riptide Rager uh, for JP's Humble Sea in the Bay Area. We love the Bay Area. Thank you again to Ben's drug dealer for for, for, for the cookies and cream mushrooms that he got. Treehouse or Treehouse. Treehouse Tray House or Treehouse. <laughs> Try both same, websites. See what you come the same, up with. The same initials as me, Terry Horseman. <laughs> Weird. I don't I know. Think not. I don't. I think not. You better not. <laughs> Thank you again, a listener, for joining us on this 131st episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. Always a pleasure, a joy, an honor, and a privilege to be with you. I'm Terry Horseman at Terry Horseman on Twitter and ah. Terrence Hostman on Instagram.com. You can follow me at either of those places. And also my beloved co-host with me, as always, Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage, a.k.a. Benny with the Good Quaff, a.k.a. Benny Blastoff, a.k.a. Benny Burner, a.k.a. Benny Bullgame, a.k.a. Benny Bedlam, because he's fucking crazy, folks. A.k.a. Benny Scoops, which is one we haven't used in a while. But you, you're back on that scoop game. Scooping oh, yeah. that scooping that cookies and cream out of the container right into oh, your mouth. Boy. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And, and at Benny L 1986 on all social media channels. And of course, our man up in Portland, the man behind the ones and twos, steering our ship, keeping us uh, clear of treacherous waters and always, always in the calm waters. J.P. Bertram. That's at the Trio J on Twitter. That's at the underscore trio underscore j because it's too trio to re- be real sorry i strutted stuttered over that jp it's a long episode i apologize but also at jp bertram on instagram and you can follow us for gosh darn sake here wherever you are corvallis portland tacoma minneapolis fargo don't you know anywhere in the world at Belligerent Beeves on Twitter, at Belligerent Beeves on Instagram, at Belligerent Beeves on 
Facebook, Belligerent Beeves on Facebook, Marketplace, selling chocolate mushrooms that are also kind of <laughs> magical. They're micro uh, mushrooms. Um, blue sky, <laughs> blue sky, which is open to the public now, and I think we still have our thing on it, and we haven't really posted it on it. But I do. Oh, think I haven't we, looked at that. We stuck. We Who stuck our, our flag. Andre, tell Andre to pay more attention to blue sky now that it's completely open at belligerent beef slash Betsy on Etsy, selling the high class micro chocolate mushrooms and and other artisanal products belligerentbeeves.com belligerentbeeves.com slash merch where you can get a great loyalty cut nets shirt for the women's basketball stretch sick. run maybe i know that i went back and good. forth between the black and the white and chose the white for the way the loyalty pops off the rim which is something the ball never does it just goes straight through the net and then we cut nets uh, that doesn't work don't put don't put that in the ig real max <laughs> um, <laughs> And please like, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast, specifically Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else. Give us five stars. It really helps us grow the show a lot. Leave a positive review, or you can even leave a negative review as long as you give five stars. I don't think that really matters at all, which is not a good lesson that we're teaching the world. But give us five stars and then say whatever the hell you want. Um, and also, please take a moment right now, pause the show, pause whatever you're doing, and just share the show with a friend. Text text them the link. Be like, yo, these guys hey, don't I suck. I care about you. You are my yeah. friend. You, I care about you. I don't you want don't to see suck. you suffer. Let, let's, let's, let's not suck together. And then it's like, hey, look at all of us not sucking as a society, as a community, as people, as a this beating heart. This is what 2024 is all about. This is what Shitstorm 24 is about. <laughs> <laughs> Please let us know what ingredients you think Benny should add to his 23-layer cake. 19 more. That he, that he will absolutely be trying to cook at some point during Shitstorm 24. <laughs> you have until the end of this year, Benny. <laughs> It'll be crowdsourced. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. But until then, remember, remember, no matter what you hear, no matter what they say, no matter what they do, you cannot spell chop them without hope. So chop them. Chop them. Chop them. Eve's back, baby. Uncle Benny says pick your micro mushrooms. <laughs>